Hey there, I'm Renee, a former hot mess shopping addict turned minimalist mindset guru. In three years, I went from totally broke to debt-free minimalist, started a money-generating blog, and healed my marriage while being a homeschooling, stay-at-home mom. And I did most of this with nothing more than a library card and a prayer. Looking back, there is one thing I wish I had had a friend to share the journey with me who actually understood what I was going through. This is my hope for the Unstuffed podcast, to be a place where you can shake off the need to people please and where we can both show up as our authentic selves, even if we're still in yesterday's sweatpants. Think of this as a standing coffee date with an old friend whose only job is to hear you out, hype you up, remind you that you are already enough and doesn't mind if you spike your coffee. As always, let's keep this simple. Life is hard enough. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, welcome to episode three of the Unstuffed Podcast. I am Renee, and today we're going to be diving into um, how minimalism can help with anxiety and depression. So this is something that's really interesting to me as I've never really identified with someone who has anxiety or depression, but the more I recognize my habits, the more I realize I struggle with both. Oops. I just never really was someone who defined myself too much by these things. Um, But when I've taken the time to think about it, I really can recognize how much applying minimalism to my life has helped decrease my episodes in both of these areas or decrease the times where I'm easily overwhelmed um, and fall into those depressive or anxious states. So I remember when we were selling our first home that we had purchased, purchased, it was a townhouse and, you know, we did the thing where we were getting ready to sell it. So our realtor gave me tips on how to stage the house. So we took photos off the wall, kind of cleared some of our personal items and really made the house staged. I think a lot of you probably know what that looks like at this point. Um, if you have maybe already sold a home of your own, but I had already thought we kept a pretty clean home for the most part, but I loved the staged stage. So we had all of like a lot of our stuff was in boxes in the garage And our house, it sold right away, but we delayed for two months before we moved out. So we had two months where we didn't touch any of the stuff that was in those boxes. And I started to have this realization like, wow, I don't really even need this stuff. And I remember feeling so at ease and peaceful in my house. And I thought, I love this staged stage. This is amazing. It feels so good. I want to keep my house like this. When I when we move into our new house, I want to keep it staged looking. Um, and I know that sounds corny. Like I, I obviously wanted my houses to feel like homes, but there was something so freeing about that staged phase. And now I understand very much that it was because it was more minimal. There was less clutter. There was less stuff for me to manage, um, which just instantly gave me like this refreshed at peace makeover in my brain. Um, So I wanted to talk to you guys about um, like the proven ways that less clutter can actually help reduce anxiety because I think it's interesting and it's kind of um, a good topic to be informed on. So 
I remember watching um, brain games with my kids. There was this TV show called Brain Games. They turned it into more like a game show after a while, but originally it was just an informative, really interesting um, show for kids that taught them about our brains. And we we loved it. I, it was fun when they turned it into a game show too, but I really loved um, the original version that they had where they were very informative. And one of the things I remember them saying was that our brains naturally seek patterns um, to make things simpler for ourselves. So this ultimately helps us store energy because when we start to see patterns, we can start to do things on autopilot. You know, we just, we know how to brush our teeth. And this is why like um, accidents and car accidents happen so close to home because we recognize we go into kind of that autopilot mode. So it's not great when you're driving and you're in autopilot mode. So you're maybe not paying as close of attention as you should, but having these patterns that we can instantly recognize helps our brains in so many other areas because we are not like having to constantly focus and really think. I mean, think about when you've had to learn something new or when you are driving to a new place, how hard you have to concentrate. Like you turn the music down, you're focusing and you're trying to figure out where you're going and you might start to feel yourself getting more stressed. I'm getting stressed just thinking about it <laughs> because I hate driving in like busy places in the cities or something like that. And I hate when I miss a turn and then you have to like recorrect and figure it out. Those moments cause so much stress. So when we live in environments that um, we don't have quick, easy to recognize patterns because everything is kind of cluttered or scattered, that adds more stress to our lives. That can instantly increase our anxiety because our brains are having to work harder to find and recognize patterns. Um, so I thought that was super interesting and it makes so much sense when you think about it um, compared to like driving in the car. Consistency and routine help us store up energy for better, more useful things. So if you think about like picking out an outfit for 20 minutes in the morning, kind of searching around, trying different things and going, oh, this doesn't look right. Oh, this doesn't look right. And then you're getting more and more flustered. That's instantly increasing your stress hormones, which is another thing that clutter can spike cortisol levels or that stress hormone. And this happens more so in women. Of course, right? Um, and cortisol is a good thing. You know, cortisol is something that we need, like, if we need to run that last mile of a marathon, not like that is ever a thing that I will have to experience. But, or if we're out in nature and we see a grizzly bear, right? We need that cortisol spike so that we start to react. We start to respond. We start to get ready to go, you know. But what happens is when that's constantly spiked, we are constantly living in bear attack mode. And I think you can imagine that that's not really a great place to be living. And this type of experience happens to people specifically who have suffered from things like post-traumatic stress disorder, or, you know, this can be a setback from like a really rough, chaotic childhood is that we consistently live with spiked cortisol levels. Like we are always prepared for a bear attack, you know, and it's like our body thinks we need to be prepared at all times because we you know, we got used to that fight or flight mode that we had to constantly live in. Um, so even especially people who have had traumatic pasts or, you know, struggle already with depressive or ang anxious thoughts because of past occurrences, clearing your space can be so beneficial because it's one less thing that's fighting against you. You know, when your own body is already making it tough or you're going through therapy and your brain is, you know, having to reprocess all of these things, that is a lot. That's a heavy load on you. And having your space be a, 
an area that isn't working against you can be so beneficial. Uh, it's also interesting. There have been studies that talk about that it might affect our diets even. So this isn't necessarily anxiety ridden, but I think we all know, you know, how food and anxiety are so easily tied hand in hand. When we're more anxious, we are more likely to overeat. Like I can't even tell you, I used to have like this understanding with my husband. It was a pact I had with myself. If I have had a bad day, I am buying a bag of cool ranch Doritos and I'm eating it all. That's just what I'm doing. And I made peace with it. Like I was like, that's fine. That's just what I do. I just eat a bag of cool ranch. I'm so thankful to say I don't do that anymore and I don't even know how I stopped, but um, I, I very can admit to the fact that anxious thoughts send me directly to food. So not only can we already kind of come to the conclusion that if stress is raising our cortisol levels, causing us more anxiety, then we're more likely to eat, but they have done studies uh, where they had a messy kitchen and a clean kitchen and they had 100 women separated into either the messy kitchen or the clean kitchen. Um, and it's kind of silly because the women in the messy kitchen wound up eating more cookies. They did not eat more carrots. They did not eat more crackers, but they ate more cookies than the women in the clean kitchen. However, what they also did, which just seems like a really bad study to me, but what do I know? I've never conducted studies, but like, why did we need to it makes it so inconclusive because what they also did was tell the women in the cluttered kitchen to write down a time when they felt out of control, right? When things felt difficult or hard to manage, what have you. And the women in the clean kitchen were able to write or told to write about a time when they felt empowered and strong and they were proud of themselves. Well, like the ki the kitchen to me just has no effect because clearly if you're putting yourself like you're remembering a bad experience when you felt out of control, that's naturally going to cause your stress levels. So because those women ate more cookies, was it the kitchen or was it the fact that they were making them relive hard experiences? I think we can go with the hard experiences, but I'm sure the kitchen just pushed them along a little further. Um, you know, and it's just, it's so tough because it's a vicious cycle you know, we have all this clutter that causes more anxiety. And when we're more anxious or we're more depressed, we get so overwhelmed, we're less likely to ever take action on the clutter, right? You know, we sit around, we look at it, we panic about it. It just seems like too much. It's too overwhelming. And the longer that we hang on to our stuff, the more we attach to our stuff, the more we attach to our stuff, the less likely we are to get rid of it. So I know it can all feel so hopeless. And I really, I know you guys know me better. I'm not going to end this on a depressing there's no winning note ever. I wanted to leave you with some practical tips on how to combat this. If this is something that you struggle with, if you know that the cluttered environment you're living in, or that clutter does give you anxiety. Um, and especially if you get to that place where you're so overwhelmed that you feel like you can't tackle it. Um, I wanted to give you three different ideas on ways that you can truly, um, get yourself motivated to just maybe get out of bed for the day if that's what it is and how you can start clearing the clutter. So, um, I am somebody who practices positive visualization and this can be so good for people who like, you want the benefits of meditation, but you don't really like meditation because you don't like just sitting there quietly alone with your thoughts. Um, Tony Robbins does this too, which, cause he's not a very big meditator, um, where you hold 
a vision or a memory of a great time in your life. And I think we all just naturally do that. You know, when we get together with people, we talk about the past and we laugh about good times. What a positive visualization session is, is just doing this alone with yourself. So sitting in your room or sitting wherever you can quietly in the morning and just allowing yourself to replay good times. A lot of times we don't allow ourselves to just replay them. We, you know, start to feel like we shouldn't focus on those back, those times or we just get so sad because they're not here now. And instead of doing that, just allowing yourself to really think back on a time where you were experiencing pure joy. And side note, this could be like a really awesome sexual experience, you know, those times where you were just feeling really good about life. Um, hold those visions, hold that thought, allow your whole body to remember how it felt in that moment. Let yourself smile. Think back about the sights and the sounds and the smells, everything that you can take in almost to like transport yourself back to this really happy place. Doing this can instantly kind of perk your mood and help bring you back up again. And then number two, a bonus. This is so awesome. And there's been so much research done on it. You guys let me know if you want to hear more about this. Um, but maybe you've heard Amy Cuddy's TED Talk where she talks about power posing and the power of power posing. Uh, this is another thing also that apparently was talked about on Grey's Anatomy. I have never seen Grey's Anatomy. I know. Where have I been living? Under a rock. But Grey's Anatomy is... Um, known for using the power poses, like the the doctors, the two two women doctors, I believe they're both doctors, do power posing like before surgeries or something like that to really motivate themselves to get themselves in the right state of mind. And this is something that has been proven to work. It's kind of insane, like, and you only have to do it for like ten seconds. So all you're doing is a Wonder Woman stance. So go ahead and do it with me because I'm already doing it, uh, where you spread your legs like shoulder width apart, a little bit more than shoulder width apart, hands on your hips, head up and back, um, and kind of chest puffed out, you know, like a proud Wonder Woman stance. And like I said, 10 seconds of doing this pose has been shown to, I believe it, this is not a direct quote because I don't have my information for sure written down, but it's like decreased cortisol increased testosterone, I believe. So it increases like that get shit done motivation that we all need from time to time. Um, and it's, it's so cool. And even, um, if you aren't able to like power pose, say if you're like at work or something and you don't want to humiliate yourself, just visualizing yourself standing in a power pose stance, uh, has even been proven to like enhance, um, how you feel about yourself. So it's really interesting. I read Amy Cuddy's book. I cannot think of what it's called, of course, but it was all about the power pose. And what she says is even people who were visualizing were, they told people to either envision themselves crouched down in a corner or standing in the power pose. And that both people in this visualization stance needed to have three people enter the room, at least three people. So they're closing their eyes. They're imagining themselves in some room or some area, either standing in a power pose or kind of cower down in the corner. And they are told to invite three people into the room. So three more people need to come into their visualization. I'm rambling. But the people in the coward pose could really recall every single detail about the people that came into their room. 
you know, they knew what kind of clothes they were wearing. They knew the kind of looks that the people were giving them, you know, like they were looking, they had pity on me. They were judging me, whatever it might be. The people in the power pose could like barely recall anything about the people that came into the room with them. Because when you're in that high stance, that high state of mind, like power pose standing, uh, you're not as concerned with what everybody else is thinking or doing because you are feeling so good in your own power. Um, so power posing and positive visualization have both been proven to help. And um, these are both things that I actively do if and when I need to. And then the last thing is just to really remind yourself. And I talk about this all of the time, especially on TikTok. I have my series, you know, half-assed life hacks with Renee. Because um, we so often think we have to go whole ass at everything in life. We think we have to bring every single ounce of energy or power or achievement to every single thing we have we do. And when it comes to your clutter, we think, I, if I'm not cleaning the entire space, I'm a loser. Or if I don't declutter everything, I'm a loser. In reality, just decide, I'm going to throw away the garbage on the coffee table right now. If you're sitting on the table and you don't want to get up because you are in a depressed state or you are feeling very anxious, tell yourself, goal, clear away the garbage or just take out the garbage. Um, that's a huge goal because if it felt freaking hard for you to get off the couch and do that or to get out of your bedroom and do that and you did it, that's amazing. That's huge. And I want you to celebrate it because that is something you have done something. And when we get up and we start doing something, we are more likely to continue doing something else. So even if it's during a commercial break, I don't know if commercial breaks even happen anymore. I don't really watch TV and like, I know Hulu has like little commercial breaks unless you are a rich person and you don't have the commercials like I do. <laughs> I think that's also an option. I don't even know. But if you're like, okay, every time there's a commercial break or every time I have to pee, I'm going to get up and I'm going to like put one thing in the hamper or I'm going to put one thing in the garbage. Make a teeny tiny, teeny teeny itsy bitsy goal for yourself and just be proud of yourself doing just that. Those three things can give you so much empowerment just to even get through life if life is feeling difficult to get through. Um, and it can help you clear through that clutter so it's not feeling like such an overwhelming thing for you. I hope this was helpful. And I want you to remember that I have all of my free resources at reneebenis.com slash links, or you can grab, um, you know, like my one weekend declutter where I give you other ideas on how to start clearing through clutter in just a few days. I have my list of 125 plus things that you can start decluttering right now, just to give you a little added boost and motivation if and when you need it. Thank you so much for tuning into Unstuffed. If you aren't quite ready to be done yet or want to review our conversation again, you can head to thefunsizelife.com for show notes. And if you want to get in on my latest freebies and trainings, you can head to reneebenis.com slash links. I am always working to share helpful guides and tools with you so you can keep growing in a way that feels right for you. Thanks for catching up with me. I'll see you soon.